We're doing this. We got this. Amen. We're in this together. I know we will. Amen. Amen. Can you hear everybody clapping? Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's show some support here. We're just All thrilled right. to be a part of it, and um, stay warm. I told you to take that leather coat. <laughs> I know, I should have. Look, keep us in prayer tomorrow. Absolutely. We'll have the privilege of meeting the, with the prime minister, Whew. and then that evening we're having dinner with uh, uh, ex-prime minister Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu. Wow. And uh, keep, keep Josh and Rebecca in prayer, who's yeah. leading the Christian Ally Foundation because it's a miracle, the unity that that God yeah, is yes. using Josh and Rebecca. Yeah. We've decided, Josh and I have decided, we're, one of the guys said, we're going to call our wives from now on, all of our wives, the warrior, the, what do we call them, Josh? The warrior brides. We're going to call them the, we're going to call all you ladies in the, uh, they're standing up and fighting for Israel. We're going to call you the warrior brides. So, the warrior brides. From, from, Amen. From, from, all right. R- Josh and Rebecca, say hi. Hi. Hi, Rebecca. Are you there? Hi, Josh. I don't hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she can't hear you. She oh. can't hear him because you're in my hearing aids. <laughs> well, tell, right. tell well, we them love we love them. We're Miss proud y'all. of them. And give our love we'll, to the whole I, team. We'll, we'll, see in a, we'll see you in a week. Okay, Dad. Love you. Amen. Love you, guys. Amen. Well... Let's close in prayer, amen? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, I didn't quite know what he was going to say or what that was going to be all about or to what degree, but um, I'll tell you one thing that is for absolutely sure is we're going to do this. We're going to change people's lives because that's what God does. And that's what we do. Amen. And I mean, I just want to share with you real quickly, um, knowing that this was going to be a part of our service this morning to kick it off, um, it, was, uh, it, w- it was a handful for me just to try and get my head around what the Lord wanted to do in this service, in, in this message. And tying into that, you know, is uh, uh, hard to link a message into necessarily, except that it completely fits together in us stepping up and being a part of what God is doing in other people and in other lives, and that coming back to rescue us in our lives. So this could not be more of a timing of the Lord because today we've had on the schedule knowing that Larry was going for this conference that he's at we've had that on the schedule for months and months and months little did we know that uh, Putin was going to step up and bring all of this chaos and all these things that he had been doing um, in the world at the same time so the fact that Larry was going anyway to Israel For the first time in a few years, because of COVID, he was supposed to be there last year at this time for this conference, and it had to be canceled because of COVID. So for him to be able to be there, unbeknownst that all of this was going to take place. 
And then when this w broke out uh, several weeks ago, we realized we had to step in and do something. And it was the Saturday night uh, before Marvin was here, uh, what, about three, four weeks ago. And when this thing started escalating in Ukraine, and we had already had in the works, if you remember when Sam and Shmulek were here a couple months ago, they came over to our house afterwards. We sat and we talked for about five hours about vision, about what we were going to do, what we needed to do in this next year. And bringing people in from the Ukraine was one of our biggest projects that we were going to do anyway, without knowing all this was going to happen. Prior to that, a few months ago, if you remember, what was our big project uh, about, what, six, seven months ago? Kazakhstan. And we brought all those families and, and plane loads out of Kazakhstan. We planned that a couple years ago at our house with Sam and Shmulek before ever things broke out in Afghanistan or Kazakhstan or any of that going on. God saw what was coming down the road. Amen? It was no surprise to him. So what do we always say about in our own lives? Before we ever even know we're going to have an issue, guess what? God has already looked down the road and already prepared those miracles for us. I want you to see the incredible working of God in all of this. Here we are standing here today in the midst, right smack in the middle of Bible prophecy unfolding in the last days. I don't want to take the time to lay all that down. If you haven't been following what Larry's been teaching, please catch up. Because whether we understand it or believe it or not, we are in the middle of the end times. The question is, what are we going to do about it? The question is always for us, what are you doing, Lord, in the world, and how do you want us to be a part of it? Amen? And I'm telling you, this is the key to getting your own miracles in your life and your own prayers answered. I just want to give you a little bit of chron chronological layout of how this came together, because to me, it's like, whoa. God, you really are orchestrating things. Amen? Can you just let me know you're with me right now? <laughs> amen, amen. So here's all these people in the Ukraine. Little did we know that this was going to happen. Little did we know that there are 200,000 Jewish people in the Ukraine that wanted to make Aliyah and come back to Israel. 200,000. And little did we know that as we were working to bring them out, we've brought in plane loads from Ukraine for several years. And the thing that's so amazing about working with Karin Hezot is it's not just 
it's not just randomly, okay, something's happening over there. Let's, let's go over there. Let's take them water, food, whatever, clothes, all those. Those things all need to, need to happen. But this is so much bigger than that. This is an organization that is 100 years old. Before Israel became a nation in 1948, Karen Hezot had already been established a hundred years ago when there was no Israel. There was no land. There was no business. Well, there was land, but there was nothing happening on it. And there was no businesses. There was no people there. There was not even a nation called Israel. And this group of people began to make a plan of how to form a nation, how to, they weren't even thinking about forming a nation. They were just thinking about inhabiting. And they began to bring in people. They began to bring in immigrants. They began to just till the soil, work the land. We have all these old photos of them. I mean, there's nothing there. There's no cities. There's nothing. There's no water. There's no electricity, nothing. They just go in, take their families. It's kind of like camping, but with work. Just go in, start digging They brought little seedlings, planted things. It was a barren, barren desert. Now the Bible, scriptures, and prophecies have come true that the land will be fruitful and will bear fruit. And this is happening, but it wasn't just completely a miracle of God. It was the labor of God's people working with his miracle promise. Amen? So as we have been a part of this it just boggles my mind and blesses me to no end that we having a heart to want to do something for God we're able to just not scramble and throw something together but to join in this movement that is already in motion this big wheel that is already turning and turning and producing and we just jump in and it's like taking a baton And I see in my mind, I see thousands and thousands of years ago, God instigating these prophecies for the end times and bringing his people back to Israel and all of the promises that Larry teaches and teaches over and over again. And then God looked down the timeline and he saw us taking that baton and saying, God, we'll run with this. We'll do our part. We'll step up and we will do what you are doing in the world today. Just let us be a part of it. Amen. I know I'm kind of rambling and not really probably explaining this too scripturally sound, but I just want you to catch the heart, catch the heart. You know, there's an old saying that says revival isn't so much taught as it is caught. I want you to catch I want you to catch the fire today of what God is doing and being a part of it in the world. So let me get to my point on this. I believe every one of us, is there anyone in this room or watching us by stream that does not have any needs, does not have any issues that you might want God to intervene with? Is there anybody out there? Let me see your hand. Come on. I want to shake that hand. No issues whatsoever. All your needs met. All your children lined up perfectly serving God. All of your finances in order and overflowing. Uh, No bill collectors. No uh, pink slips. No uh, issues in your life emotionally, physically. 
Anybody? So I guess that would mean that we're all probably in a position that we need God's help in our lives. Is there anybody out there? Anybody? Anybody at all? Need a miracle or two? So what is our greatest way of getting God to move in our lives? How can we touch the heart of God and move the hand of God? So, of course, we're going to teach as this progresses on my favorite topic, on prayer. How to dig into prayer and get results. Amen? You know, the disciples prayed with Jesus. They were praying and they were praying and they were men of prayer. They were doing all this. But when they saw Jesus pray and miracles happen, they were like, wow, we've never seen that before. We're men of prayer. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray and get results. You know, if we're going to put the time in to pray or to go to church, let's do it to the degree that we're going to touch the heart of God and move the hand of God. You know, back in the days when I was growing up, you know, we, were, we went to the Catholic church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> you know, we were kind of C&E Christians in our family. Didn't really, you know, live our life around the Lord, but acknowledged that he was, you know, real. My mom would have us pray little prayers at night and this and that, but we didn't have a relationship with God. And so kind of almost in a joking sense, as a quick prayer, if something would go on, you know, we'd be like, we'd throw one of these on it, you know, and just kind of like, you know, throw, fling a prayer down on us, God. But I'll tell you, that's not how God operates. Our entire life is based around a relationship with him, knowing him. And this book that I'm writing is, this is why my head's kind of spinning, because I have been writing chapters in this book, John, for so many hours and so many months. And so when it came to condensing something into an hour today or 20 minutes, you know, it's like, okay, God, what do you want me to say? And so tying this in with what is going on in the world to me is just a no brainer of this is what God is saying to us. If we want our prayers answered, if we want our needs met, if we want God's abundance and overflow and increase, his provision in our lives, if we need God to supply our needs, if we need God to help our children, we need to help other children. If we need God to supply our needs, then we need to move in a way to supply others' needs. If we want God to heal our body, we need to move forward and help God to bring healing to others. That is the pivotal key there. We know it as seed faith. We know that God tells us over and over again, what you plant, you will harvest. What you sow, you will reap. What you give away, God will multiply back to you. You know, when we lived in Australia, we had a lot of aboriginals in our church. And, you know, they literally make that boomerang do the wildest things. It was so amazing. We'd stand there and we'd do it again. Do it again. I, you know, we'd be like, teach us how to do that. It'd be flunk. 
you know, but a boomerang, you throw it out there and boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, you've got it right back. How does that work? But that's how I see our prayers. That's how I see our seed. That's how I see when we sow into others. We put it out there and God brings it back to us. Amen. But even in greater, greater proportions. So I'm just going to get a little personal with this for just a minute. Okay, I'm going to have a drink of water on this one. So this is really emotional to me about the Ukraine because, well, number one, because all our years in Australia and then even in Portland, uh, most of our people in Australia were Ukrainian or Russians, our greatest core of people. And they were the young people in Australia that their parents and grandparents had been under, well, they'd been in the Soviet Union and been under that regime. And so many of their ancient relatives were literally killed for their faith, put in prison, uh, burned alive, you know, just the most horrible things. And so their families escaped out of the communist nations to find freedom. They didn't have Israel waiting to come and pick them up and bring them to another country. They literally walked through the snow, the coldest weather, uh, chiseled in rivers to get a little bit of water and literally made their way out of that nation and slipped into other nations, made their way to Australia. So it was a big, big deal. And these people, they appreciated not being under that regime. They appreciated it. And so they were some of our greatest friends. My kids grew up with, you know, their best friends were Russian, Ukrainian. And it's always had a real soft spot in our hearts because of the people. We preached over in Ukraine in uh, about, must be about 19 years ago, I guess, in a church over there. It had one of the greatest meetings we've ever had. And I'll never forget, Larry, was he was teaching on... Uh, breaking generational curses. And, you know, we're in a foreign nation. We don't speak the language. You know, you don't really know how people are going to respond. You don't really know in this culture. You know, it was so oppressed financially. Um, and the people that came to the church, thousands of them came and squeezed into this building that should probably hold a couple hundred. And they would walk hours and hours and hours, no matter what the weather, through the snow, through the rain, through the freezing, to get to church. And um, then they would stay there all day. We'd have night services. They wouldn't be able to go home, so they would just stay there all day. Maybe they had a little bit of bread to eat or a little bit of this or that. Well, that night, I remember, we had advertised and we told them we're going to pray and we're going to have a service on breaking generational curses. So, you know, we didn't really know what kind of a response we were going to get. But I remember this one lady that came up to have generational curses of anger broken over her life, anger and violence and hatred. And through our interpreter, she told uh, 
the story of how generations of her family had been violent. Her uh, father and grandfather had been in the, in the, um, well, let's just put it this way. During the Holocaust, they were soldiers and did a lot of atrocious, awful, awful things. So the violence and the anger and bitterness never left them and was passed on to the generations in their family. So here's this woman. She was probably, I'd say she's probably 40, you know, and I see her at the altar just crying and sobbing and sobbing. And when Larry prayed and broke the curses over these people, this woman just, I mean, literally, it was a physical a physical thing. You know, and I'm thinking, I wonder what her story is. So we brought her up, and she gave her testimony, and she told that, um, you know, this had been her whole life was under the uh, intensity of what was going on in their nation, but also what was going on in their family because of the anger and the violence of her father and his father and the brothers, all of them. And so she said that she had taken on that anger, and it went into her family. And she said, I beat my daughter. I get so angry, I don't know how to control this. And I literally lash out and I hit her to try and make her obey. And she goes, now my little girl who is five takes her little baby doll and pounds on her baby doll and throws her into the corner, tells her what to do. She said, I need that broken in my life. And so through this prayer and through this intense movement of the Holy Spirit that day and that night, I mean, this woman literally had her heart set free. That generational curse of all those years, all that horror, all that violence, yes, that was still a part of her DNA, but it was no longer a part of her spiritual DNA or God's plan for her life. And that woman became a leader in the church, became a representative of God's power to break the hardest, hardest, hardest heart free and bring liberty. And I'll never forget the change in this woman's face. Her face had been so oppressed and sad and just heavy. And when she came up from that altar, I was like, is that the same woman? I mean, literally, it was like I had to take a double take and make sure that was her because she looked completely different. And not only was it for that moment, but she stayed that way. And she's been a leader in that church to this day. Now I think, okay, God, what is going on in her life today? In Ukraine, in that church in Kharkov. I don't know. We're trying to follow up and find out. But this thing is real. These aren't just people on a you know, on an infomercial. This is real. So with me, when we were going three years ago, we were already working with uh, Corinne Hesot, and we were ready to bring in two plane loads of, of Jewish Ukrainian families from the Ukraine. And this was in 2019, about this time we were making all the preparations. 
we were going over there to meet two planes from Ukraine. We'd been working with them. We'd brought in people from Ethiopia. We brought in people from France, from Russia, all these different places. But this one was particularly from Ukraine. So I was really touched in my heart because of everything I just told you. So we're, all the plans are made, tickets, everything. We were going to get to meet them at the airport. And I was so excited to literally see the fruit of our labor and to be there to actually meet them and see their faces and see the children as they came off the planes. I was so excited about this. And so we had this all planned. It was a huge event. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was going to be there and meet them with us. It was a huge event for the nation of Israel. They were supposed to meet us there. It was a big government event. We were just the guests. But there was going to be a, a part of it that would honor us for paying for all these people to come, you know, and an appreciation of what we put ourselves out there to do. So we've got this all planned, and we're supposed to leave on um, July. Well, the event was going to be July 17th uh, at the airport in Tel Aviv. And so the week prior is when... Um, I found out that I had ovarian cancer. And so through a little, uh, just a series of things, you know, I had a little bit of pain in my abdomen, this and that, went to a doctor and this and that. All of a sudden, you know, they send me to an oncologist and he looks at the, at the uh, ultrasound, he looks at the CT scan, all these things, and he walks in, introduces himself. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, you have ovarian cancer, and uh, it's aggressive, and it's advanced, and I've cleared my schedule to do surgery in three days on you. This is one of the busiest doctors in the city. He's one of the best, and he had cleared his schedule to have surgery three days later. And we're sitting there, Larry and, and me and Katie and Anna, and, um, you know, I'm like, no, I, I, that's not, that's not right. That's not, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> he goes, listen, this is what I do. We're not even going to do a biopsy. We're not even going to do all that because I know exactly what it is. It's spread and we're going to do this immediately. And there's no questions about it if you want to live. And so with that, immediately he tells us the whole story we're going to do surgery. I won't really know what's in there until we get in there, but I know it's advanced. It's moving quickly. You've probably had it a month, two months, and at that rate, a couple months, if you don't do this and do something about it, you probably won't be here. So he tells us this, and then he says, and then we're going to immediately put you into chemotherapy infusions for six months, and uh, he's going on and on and telling us all this stuff. And he says, and it's going to be very aggressive. It's the most intense form of chemo that we can give legally and that, will, that your body will allow. And probably within the one, in the first week or so, all your hair will fall out and, you know, and all these. And, and that's what hit me. <laughs> My hair? <laughs> because you know why? It wasn't about the hair. It was about the reality of what this was. And so, first thing I said was, 
we can't do that. We're going to Israel. We have a plane to meet. <laughs> no, it's going to have to wait. We've got an important event. And Larry goes, no, hon, we're, no, we're going to cancel that. And I'm like, no, this is too important. And the doctor says, um, Mrs. Huck, I believe that everyone in this room would agree that your future and health is the most important thing at stake right now. And so we said, okay, okay. Anyway, God, fast forward, completely healed me. Amen. We had the surgery. We did all that. We did the chemo. We did all of that. And that's been two and a half years. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. What I want you to see is that that trip to Israel was to save lives. That trip was actually called, I have the, I have the flyer and the, the whole uh, agenda of that trip, and it was named by the Israeli government, Operation Eagle's Wings. So, we were supposed to be there and supposed to meet at the airport and do this event on July 17th, 2019. So, the doctor says, I have an opening to do surgery. I've cleared my schedule for October or July 17th, <laughs> the very same day, the very same day that we were supposed to be in Israel saving lives. I was having surgery to save my life. So you think about that and we couldn't have fabricated that. We didn't plan that. This is one of the most busy doctors, oncologists, surgeons in the whole Metroplex. And he happened to have that day. And that's when it unfolded. So rather than being at the airport, meeting all these Ukrainian people, and having that whole, whole group of people there, rather than that, I was at the hospital with an audience of one, <laughs> saving my life. So what is it that I'm trying to say? I'm trying to make the point here that when you put yourself out there for others, when you make your life's work, not just to make a living, but to make a life of giving, yes, God will meet our every need. God will do everything in our lives that we could even dream of. But I believe that the greatest, greatest, greatest key to being blessed is to make the point to be a blessing. Now that makes a nice book title. That makes a nice sermon message. That makes a nice greeting card. But I'm not kidding you. I want that to sink into your lives. I'm standing here right now, alive, teaching. Maybe not the best, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And I shouldn't have been here. And that's, that's not dramatizing things. That's the cold, hard facts. And in that moment... When he told us that, my first reaction was, no, 
We've got a plane to meet. We've got people that we're bringing in from, from, from Ukraine. We're, sa- we're changing their lives, rescuing them. No, this is ultimately important. And he said, I think we would all agree that your life is the most important thing in this room. Well, those people came in. They were all met. The event went on. They're, they're there. I missed it. Larry missed it. We missed it. But guess what? The devil tried to take us out. The devil tried to take me out. The enemy tried to steal our destiny. He tried to abort what God was doing. Well, guess what? We missed that event, but we are making up for that right now. Amen? We kept on doing it. We kept on doing it. Amen? And even in the course of all that we went through for the last couple years, we kept doing these things. We didn't just sit back and say, oh, man, I got to focus on me. Oh, I got so much going on. Or, you know, we've got too much going on ourselves to worry about anybody else. No, we pushed harder. We stepped it up. Because for one thing, while we're on this earth, we got to do everything we possibly can to fulfill the promises and the will of God, to fill, fulfill the destiny that he has for others and how to be a part of it. We get up every day. We pray, God, what are you doing in the world today? And how do you want us to be a part of it? Now, I'm not kidding you. That's literally how we live. When we invited Sam and Shmulek here several months ago, and we sat and we brought them over to dinner and had a kosher meal, a kosher dinner at our house. And um, we sat there and we talked. Little did we know what was going to come down in Ukraine. No clue, no idea. And yet we made plans inspired by God. This was already all in the works. But what we planned to do over the course of a year, we had to step up and get done immediately. And three weeks ago or four weeks ago, whatever it was, when Larry stood up here and talked about this and cast that vision to do this, that night we'd been on the phone with Sam and, and asking him, he's the, he's the head of Corinne Hazod, and asking him what is going on, what do we need to do? He said, my goal is right now we've got to immediately get 6,000 people out. And then we want to get out as many as we can. This is when nobody really knew what was coming down. And we said, all right, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll commit to it. We'll send several hundred thousand in the next couple weeks. We'll do this. And so we stepped in by faith, said we'll do it because guess what? God has people that will join with us and have been joining with us and will step up to be a part because of their passion in their heart. And so you all and those of you on stream, within just a week, we were able to send nearly $400,000 by faith. And these people, we've brought in over 6,000, and we've got tens of thousands that right now, the boots on the ground are moving and maneuvering to get them out and get them in. Why is this so important? Because it's end-time prophecy that God will bring his people back to the land. Why is this so important for you and I to be a part of? Because, God, what are you doing in the world today? And what do you want us to do to be a part of it? You're here by not a coincidence. 
you're not watching by coincidence. We're not here by coincidence. We didn't meet Sam and this whole group by coincidence. Thousands of years ago, as God unfolded and laid out Bible prophecy, he looked down the road. He said, well, I'll raise someone up there. 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 And all the way down to today, God said, hmm, I see a people. I see some regular folk. I see some single moms. I see some couples. I see some older grandparents. I see some people that care enough about what God is doing in the world to be a part of it, to be a part of it. Two weeks ago, Larry gave an incredible message. I mean, listen, y'all, I hear the message all week, the preparation for it. He gets a revelation. Oh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be, it doesn't matter. And he, I can hear him coming. (laughs) And when he comes, all the dogs follow him. So I got this entourage, you know. Look what God just, look at this. I mean, he is not just performing on a Sunday morning. Let me tell you, this is the outflow of his life. And when God gives him these nuggets or these directions or connects the dots like he's been doing the last few weeks, I'm telling you, to me, it's like this just in pay attention. This isn't old news. This isn't some old message in a drawer. This isn't something he's preached before. This is just in from heaven. And when he gives that, it's the word of God. And as we receive it that way, listen, if you just receive his messages or what, whatever the message is, you know, okay, just another one, you know, but when you receive it as the direction of this house and the direction and the vision of what God's doing, I'm telling you, it'll change your world. It'll change your life. And when you make up your mind to be a part of somebody else's blessing, it occurred to me this last week, this last month, really, in such a deep way that we may be the answer to someone's prayer. How many of you, you hope, you really hope That when you pray, God's listening and that he's doing something about it. When we faced this with cancer, that was a, that was a big one. And I felt like a tsunami of fear. Scary, scary, scary fear. So did, so did my whole family, but I'm talking my personal It was like a tsunami hit me, and it was like, what do I do with this, you know? And all of the details of what needed to happen and be worked out. This wasn't a a mole on my cheek, you know, this wasn't, you know, a broken leg. This wasn't, this was, you got a couple months here left if you don't do something about this. I know as soon as, as soon as I got that, I heard reports, people that I know faced the same thing and lost the battle. This was not a light thing. And the only reason I'm saying that is not to bring attention to us, but to bring attention to God and to give hope to you that in your darkest times, in your greatest fears, in your scariest moments, in your wildest 
scenarios, God is saying, I got this. I can take care of this. I got this. But there are keys to winning. There are keys to the battle. There's God's part, the miracle. There's our part to believe. And not just with a mental knowledge or a mental assent. I've got a whole folder here of things I wanted to teach today. And I will get to them and you will read the book. <laughs> right? Right? What? Okay. <laughs> It's good, but I'll teach and Larry will teach and we will teach you the keys to unlocking the promises of God, the keys to getting those promises out of the book and into the reality of our lives, the keys to getting God to move from heaven to earth, the keys of what we have to do on our end to move into that arena out of the natural realm and into his supernatural realm of provisions. When that tsunami of fear and doubt and what-ifs hit my mind, my natural mind felt, I felt like that scripture, when the enemy comes in like a flood, and then God will raise up a standard against him, It was like that tsunami wave came, hit me so hard. And all of a sudden, I felt that wave of God's faith, his promises, his miracle working power. And it was like that wave was enormous that hit me. But God raised up a bigger wave of faith and miracles and equipped me from the inside out to be able to do that. I had a list of scriptures I wanted the guys to put in there, but let me just tell you one. How many times, let me ask you, do you know that scripture? And do you stand on this? Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Oh, greater is he that's in me than he that's... Guess what? That became so real to me. And literally I said, greater is he who is in me than this cancer that is in me. Yeah, cancer is a big old foe. It's a big thing. And when you get all of the statistics and all these things, I remember Brandon coming over that afternoon and said, Nana, you're not a statistic. And we weren't. Lion is not, was not a statistic. We're children of God and children that know our God and know his promises and know his power. And nothing that could come against us is impossible for him to solve or to do a miracle. Nothing. I love that song. We're going to sing that in a minute that you guys sang. Nothing is too hard for our God. But let me tell you this, just one little key in closing. Here's how you fight that battle. There's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of things. But most of all, when I got that diagnosis and it was like, wow, we've been in the ministry for almost 45 years. But I felt like, wow, this is so huge. I need some other level of, of, of weapon to fight this with. You know, I felt inadequate. I felt unprepared. I felt like I was in over my head. 
you know, that tsunami of fear just, just tries to take you out. And then all of a sudden I realized, I don't need some superpower weapon. I need to do exactly what I've been doing for 45 years, and that's standing on the promises of God and counteracting and rising above the issues of life, whether it was financially, whether it was uh, taking new territory for the Lord, whether it was health, whatever it was, to stand on those promises of God above what's going on in the world. What do we say all the time? Think about what's going on in the world, okay? But then think on a higher level of what God says in his word. We've got to trump those things and stand on top of those things, override those things. And so the scripture that I've always, always stood on is <laughs> Psalms 34.3. It's so simple. It's so simple. We probably just pass it by. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. This scripture, I'm going to read it up there. Can you put it up there one more time? The spirit of the Lord. Okay. Let me see. What, what was that first one you put up there? I can't. Can anybody read that? Can anybody? What's that say? Can you read it? No, you can't read it. Too little. Could you maybe magnify that for us? Could you? There we go. All right, that was supposed to be a joke, you know. I, I planned that in. I'm not all that clever in that kind of thing, but I am, I am passionate. <laughs> what does it say? And what does it mean? Oh, cancer, stage three, aggressive ovarian cancer. It's spread through all your organs. It's spread and spread. Wow. What am I going to do? Magnify the Lord and exalt his name above all of it. Yeah, we did everything in the natural we needed to, but even doctors will tell you, Look, we're doing the best we can here. But but what we did is we stood on scripture after scripture, saturated our minds. My number one job coming out of that day was to saturate my mind with healing scriptures. I got a hundred scriptures that I would go through. Raphael Cruz sent them to me. He said, get up every morning, go through those scriptures. And every morning I would get in my alone with God, get under my tallit and just speak those out loud. I'd speak them out loud. I was feeling worn down. I was feeling down and depressed. I was bummed out. This was serious stuff. I was not going to let the devil steal my destiny, steal my family, steal my life, steal my future. I had to get aggressive with, with it. And I got after it. And I would start speaking those scriptures. And I wasn't just mouthing them. I was absorbing them into my heart. You are the God that has healed me. Nothing can come against me that is not. Nothing can come against me that is not too hard for our God. I would go through these scriptures. 
Every morning I would get out there. That was my number one job. Listen, there were a million things that we had to take care of. Three days I'm having major surgery and then chemo. I had some stuff to do. I had some stuff to figure out. But my number one job became, you are the Lord that healeth me. You will take sickness away from the midst of me. And the number of my days will be fulfilled. Devil, you're not taking one day off my destiny. Not one minute off my destiny. Uh Uh-uh. You will not allow any of the diseases that people fear. But you will take all sickness away from me. Listen, there is a fear factor when you hear that C word. But I'm telling you, I don't care if it's the C word of cold, the C word of COVID, or the C word of cancer. Our God is bigger. He is bigger. He is bigger. He is bigger. You turned the curse into a blessing upon me because you love me. You love me. You sent your word and you healed me and delivered me from all my destructions. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it is trouble in your family, whatever it is financially, God is bigger. Come on, put your foot down. God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. And here I am doing it. Bless God, bless God, bless God. Woo! You cause breath to enter into me and I shall live. And you put your spirit in me and I shall live and I shall do everything that you have called me to do. Listen, when the devil comes against you, when the world crowds in around you, when your finances seem like they're crumbling in, when your family is in discord, when the enemy is shaken up and bringing discord and disarray in your family, when your emotions are just beaten down, you're worn out and you're distressed. Come on now. Come on now. Don't give in. Woo! I just did a study on David. Man, David, what a warrior. He comes back worn out from battle. Looks like all is lost. His few haggard guys that made it, they finally made it back to their home. And all their women and children had been taken captive. You talk about going from one battle to the other. What do they say? Out of the, out of the fry pan into the fire. Man. And it said he was distressed greatly. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I know that feeling. Maybe you know it to some degree, but when that distressed just wants to weigh you down, you feel hopeless, you don't know how to pull out of it. What did David do? He encouraged himself. He encouraged himself, and he got up, and he went and fought the next battle. Listen, sometimes it's great to have somebody call you. Hey, I just wanted to encourage you. You get a text. Somebody says, oh, bless God, I'm praying for you. Isn't that? It is. And thank God. Thank God.
God for all of your prayers for our family through this. But I'm telling you, beyond that, we've got to reach up. We got to reach up out of that mess and grab his promises. We got to pick up our head, the glory and the lifter of our head. Sometimes we got to lift that head ourselves. Sometimes I just take my chin and just go, Lord, Lord, I'm taking my eyes off of all this junk. I am not going to magnify all that stuff. I'm going to magnify you. So we lift up that magnifying glass. What does that do? It brings that in closer. We have telescopes, binoculars all over our house. My husband is, he's always on the binos, whatever it is. What does that do? Take something real fuzzy out there and vague. Focuses it in. Clear as day. Something that is way, 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 way far away. A little dot magnifying brings it right in. <gasps> Woo! I see it now. I see it now. We'll be out somewhere. He's like, do you see that? Do you see that deer? Do you see that? Nope. You don't see that? Nope. Look, look. Uh-uh, I don't see it. Here, look. Oh, now I see it. That's what a magnification does. It brings what is far away right here. Takes what's fuzzy and unclear, makes it clear. Guess what else it does? Drowns out everything else. When you're looking at a landscape trying to see a little dot of a deer, I just see black and white spots everywhere. You take that bino, and guess what? Everything else fades, but that is clear. You gotta fade out that world. You gotta fade out that vision. I love what Nancy taught me years ago. What we focus on is what? What we see, right? What we focus on is what we see. What we focus on also determines what we miss. So you can focus so hard on those problems. Oh, this is slow. Oh my goodness. This, And you're going to miss God's answer and his provision and his ideas, concepts, insights, witty inventions, his help, his miracle power, because we're focused on this. Uh Uh-uh. Come on, y'all. I want you to do this. Do this with me. Come on right now. I want you to lift up your eyes, lift up your head, take your eyes off of whatever you're facing. I tell about cancer not to put the, put the spotlight on me, to put the spotlight on God. Whatever you're going through, may my story encourage you that whatever you're facing or going through, whatever the world has coming at us, our God is greater. Our God is greater. Come on, lift your hands right now. We're going to sing that song. But first, I want to have a power prayer with you. Come on now, I see some hands that are not lifted. If you're not getting this, you're missing it, y'all. Come on, right now. This is not about me. This is not about this church. This is not about anything except you and God right now. Lift your hands, close your eyes. Father, right now, I want you to receive this prayer. Father, right now, we come before you in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Father, we stand on nothing but your word.
and right now we come together in agreement with each other but lord we're coming into agreement with you your word and your promises and right now we break every spirit that would come against our lives of discord of distress of financial problems we break every spirit of sickness and disease we break every curse against our families we break the curse against our health we break every attack against our families our jobs our home life the world around us we break this spirit over the ukraine and europe of what the enemy is doing and god we speak life we speak life we speak your will your plans your healing your divine health your financial provision abundance overflow increase god give us ideas concepts insights witty inventions release your spirit not only for us god but within us and through us god make us the head and not the tail put your people into positions of influence power and financial affluence god so we can do what you have called us to do and lord in all of that we give you the glory we give you the praise we give you number one place in our lives father we're not asking that you only bless us but bless us to be a great blessing father use us to touch the world with your love god inconvenience us every single day in our hearts to reach out and be a blessing to others father put people in our path that we can witness to and share your love god you have saved us from so many things and it is for the purpose of doing your work and bringing glory and honor to you god the world is hungry the world is stirring god use us to bring the answer of you the hope of you father we are not turning our eyes on ourselves or our own problems we're turning our eyes on you and the needs of others now god we give you not only our issues but we give you our hearts we give you our hearts our lives our words our influence use us god to change the world and to bring honor to you and we declare it and we magnify you lord in the mighty name of jesus christ now give him some praise give him some praise hallelujah 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 my god hallelujah my god thank you lord thank you lord we're gonna sing that in just one second let me just say this someone gave me a card recently it said bless you bless you bless you blessed are the available blessed are the conduits the tunnels the tools deliriously joyful are the ones who believe that if God has used sticks and rocks to do his will then he can use us God looked for someone who would be humble and an expression to the world of his giving serving heart and he found you thanking him for blessing you to be a blessing I'm asking you 
Yes, God is going to break open your lives and blessings. But don't keep it to yourself. Every day say, God, what are you doing in my, what are you doing in the world? And how do you want me to be a part of it? Whether it's scrounging up whatever you can financially and giving to this move for Ukraine. Whether it's paying your tithes every week so that we can continue to do outreaches and touch lives. Whether it's getting out of your comfort zone in the grocery store and going up to somebody who you think needs to hear about the Lord. Inviting them to church. Whether it's saying, wow, I really need my time on the weekend to rest, but maybe I ought to get involved in a life group so that I can inter- intertwine with God's people and help somebody else to be encouraged. Maybe instead of just saying, God, I need encouragement. I need a sign. I need a miracle. God, I need my prayers answered. How about saying, God, how can I be an answer to someone else's prayers? How can I get out of my zone and into your zone? What are you doing in the world today? Instead of having what I call ingrown itis, eyeball itis. Ingrown eyeballs. Everything looks in. Everything looks at me. I call it ingrown itis, eyeball itis. You don't want it. It's ugly. But we take our eyes off of ourselves and put our eyes on the harvest field. That's the greatest key to blessing. We felt it in the prayer, right? I hope you felt what I felt. Amen. We see the results. You want to see a miracle? You're looking at one. But the greatest key in getting God's miracles into your life is being a part of making them happen in others' lives. Be that boomerang and it will come right back around, y'all. God bless you. Let me ask you, please, we're going to do this thing with Ukraine. We're going to do some great things even beyond what we have done because there's some great needs. So think about, pray about, maybe digging a little deeper, giving something for this. If we all come together, it becomes much. Amen.